0: Listening to 30 on Broadway talking blue shirts on the Face Off Hockey Network. All right, hey, everybody, we've got an absolutely awesome. 30 on Broadway show for you today because um, we've got a special guest and we, we talked, you know, about some big names that are out there in, in the NHL. Uh, Nick has really been looking forward to this interview and looking forward to, to, to getting them on. Um, You know, so we've been, we've been really excited to get this. He's on weekdays from 10 to noon streaming on check plus Plus. Out in Vancouver, Rick Dollywall from the Donnie and Dolly, the team. A fantastic show, by the way. Um, especially just even the clips that get put up on Twitter are are phenomenal. Um, just the energy and the the synergy between, between the, the duo is fantastic. It's one of the best shows on there. And I'm not just saying that because Rick came on and, and talked with us. For, for a half hour but um just honestly it's it's a fantastic show. Um so we we had a lot of fun we, we just had him on so we're going to have him on coming on in a, in a few minutes but we talked about uh the the trade rumors because everybody has been talking about JT Miller. Everybody has been including us um everybody has been talking about all these players for the Vancouver Canucks that you know maybe on the move. Um, and we just, you know, we kind of just broke it down. Like, what, what do you think is going to happen? What do you, where do you see happening? Uh, we had a big trade go down with the Calgary Flames and the Montreal Canadiens today with the Tyler Toffoli. Um, Does that kind of set the barometer for, for JT Miller? You know,
1: you'll have Which to listen to the interview. Fair. But I, I, I gotta be fair here. I think, I think that Calgary made out like bandits when you look at what they gave up they theoretically only gave up really a first round pick. I know there there were multiple components and pieces in the trade itself, but when you actually break it down part for part and look at everything involved, Calgary Calgary literally only gave up a first round pick.
0: Well, I'll say look at this. To fully you, uh, you know going back in trades, um Toffoli was I think from, was it from LA where he was his original trade? I'm kind of looking through his trade tree really quick. So, I mean, you look back to when Tyler was traded to the Vancouver Canucks, um, he was traded for for Tim Schaller, Tyler Madden, a second round pick in the 2020 NHL draft and then a conditional pick. Um, That was back when he was traded to Vancouver. Um, And now you see, you know, he's had some stops in between, but, now you see um Calgary uh comes in and and look this is a to me this is a great trade for Calgary because they need a top 6 forward Tyler Toffoli I know you don't put a lot of stock in this I do you don't I put a lot of stock in guys that get to Stanley Cup finals especially that they win it when they win in the final um you know he went he got a game away from the Western Conference Final when he was with Vancouver, um, he got to obviously the final last year with the Montreal Canadiens. I, I feel like guys like that in the room have big impacts. Um, his contract right now, his cap hit of four point two five, fits in great to the Flames lineup. They they lose Tyler Pitlick from their roster. I, I mean. And they get Tyler Toffoli for the next two two years, additional years on his. And team. that's
1: the other that's the other thing. I think that's why it's a home run for Calgary. They got a guy under cost controlled for uh, the next the next two and a half seasons. Not only that, but the other thing
0: that a lot of people haven't talked about
1: the coach. That's right, and I I actually tweeted it out today. He's reunited with the first coach of his NHL career. Yeah, who he won a Stanley Cup with. So look, I I I like.
0: I would have loved if the Rangers could have found a way to grab to grab Tyler Toffoli, um, but Calgary really wanted him. I mean, Calgary Flames. But it makes sense. The trade makes all the sense in the world. But now you wonder what does that, what does that set in motion for the asks of some of the other players that are out there. on Well, the market
1: right it's now. funny. We, we actually brought that up with Rick and one of the things that we did say was, it, it, you know, it, it comes down to cost control and, and how much term and, you know, and look, one of the players we brought up, JT Miller, JT Miller has less term on his deal, but is a much better player than Tyler Toffoli. Yep.
0: Yeah, and and you know, for for Montreal, look, they don't need Tyler Tofoli. He's not part nah. of their long term plans. Um, they now pick up, you know, I think I think they have like twelve draft picks this coming draft.
1: And, and you know what? They're all in on the tank for Shane Wright right now.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know, be, but because- listen, I will clarify on this though. The the first round pick that they got from Calgary is top ten protected,
1: which is, but I'm just,
0: I'm just shouldn't even about- matter.
1: I'm just talking about this is it almost looks like Jeff Gordon is re establishing his Ranger model yeah, that, kind of. for the Ranger rebuild.
0: Yeah. Where, no, ben you Sherratt know. has been, has been linked now to, to trades. I mean, the trade rumors are flying off the hands. Let's just face it. That's, that's largely what we're going to talk about today. And that's you know, obviously most of what we talked with Rick besides Rick giving huge kudos to the Rangers fan base, which was, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um but again, you know, Rick, if you are listening to this, highly recommend Chase Bridge. If you're going to go to a game at the Garden, don't sit under the bridge. Sit on the bridge, because yep. the bridge is just—I mean, your bird's eye view. It's it's phenomenal. Um, it's but just. I, said, it's I, just
1: I, I think you would agree with this assessment that the bridge is like sitting on the bridge is like having a scout's view of the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're basically you you're if you're if you're sitting on the the broadcast side. Your are eye level with Sam Rosen, and and I will said JD.
1: <laughs> Sorry, wishful, <Joe. laughs> think. wishful thinking. Because yeah. Lord knows. But
0: um. But anyways, so you know you're basically you're sitting eye level with them and you can see everything. I mean you you can't miss a play up there on the bridge. So it's it's phenomenal. And and I know when they were first designing it, their first building people were, you know, us included, were like this is disgusting. How could you take away from the ceiling, the iconic ceiling of the garden? And really, it's just, you know, it sucks for the people that sit from like row, what is it, 15 or 17 back yeah. on the 200s? And
2: my, if
1: you're in the... My, if, if, to put it in perspective, my father, who is a huge... Um, I, I'm not going to say he's a, he's a boomer, but my, my dad...
2: i not going to say he's very, a boomer, but he's a boomer.
1: No, he, he's very much, he doesn't like change. He likes things the way that they are and how they were when he was growing up going to games. So he does not like the bridge. He's never sat on it, but he's had his view obstructed by it. (laughs) That's the worst case scenario. (laughs) Right. Like he, like my dad, I'll never forget. My dad goes, I hate the new garden. I hate it. I hate it. You know, the, the obstructive view, this is bullshit. Wait till they
0: build the new, new garden.
1: Oh, that
0: don't rumor! That. that rumor that always circles around every every so often.
1: Every about so, six years or so.
0: Yeah. So look, the Rangers. Uh, we haven't seen you in a while. We're gonna finally see you. We're launching this episode early because we had Rick on Monday night. Um, you're gonna have Boston coming into town. Finally, it feels like it's been forever. It feels like it's been a month since the last time we saw a Ranger game.
1: And um, I'm very upset. Boston coming to the Garden, and no Brad Marshan for Panarin to throw gloves at.
0: Oh, oh! I'm so sad. Well, the I'm only so good sad thing that, is- that Boston gets handicapped by having one of the best players in the NHL, regardless of his his antics, not in the lineup well, to the give only, the Rangers the only, an advantage.
1: The <laughs> only good thing is that he uh. won't be in the lineup to punch Igor Shishkin in the head. This is true. So that, this is true. A good
0: thing. All right. Hey, everybody. We've got a very special guest, and we're, we're truly honored to have to have Rick Dollywall on with us from Donnie and Dolly, the team, uh, talking about the Vancouver Canucks, who are one of the – it's the craze of the NHL right now with the rumors flying and all the stories and everything. So um, I know Nick has been tried. Nick is Nick has really been looking forward to getting you on, and, and we thank you so much for joining us tonight.
2: Well, I want to ask you to uh, – uh, question first, well, oh. let's, I, I, I got to get going here. I, I got to get this off my chest because <laughs> on my on my bucket list is to watch a game at Madison Square Gardens. uh okay. Rangers. Yeah, I, I just think the Rangers fan base is 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 an excellent fan base. I, I you know, obviously, you know, we saw it firsthand with ninety four. When we lost game seven in New York, the Canucks did. And as a fan, that was demoralizing. But um, I just think the Rangers have an incredible, it's one of the best fan bases, I think, it, in, in the US for hockey. Uh, I, I really like the atmosphere. I need to get out there. It's on the bucket list. I just wanted to let both of you guys know that.
3: There you go. <laughs> I, I will say this I, I've always loved the garden. If you if you ever get to a game at the Garden, get a seat on the Chase Bridge. Okay, that to me is, yeah. is the yeah. best seat in the house now because yeah. you know now now with the bridge they have the obstructed view a little bit, like especially in the 400s and the upper two hundred So if you want like a bird's eye, almost to me in my opinion, it's a scouting view. of uh, yeah. Sitting on the uh, sitting on the bridge, best seat bar none. Can't beat it for me. Chris and I, were, uh, the last game we went to together, we sat on the bridge, and it's phenomenal,
2: absolutely phenomenal. phenomenal view, unbelievable. And the second thing I need to know from both of you is, uh, I don't get this. How the hell do you pick a team like Yankees or Mets, Giants or Jets, <laughs> Rangers, Islanders? I don't get it. Like we don't have those options up in Canada. Like the Cubs,
3: White Sox, Dodgers, yep. Angels? I don't get it. Like, how do you <laughs> pick a team? Well, okay, for me. Family. Uh, yeah, for me, I, I was born into being a Ranger fan. My dad um, my dad grew up playing. My dad <clears throat> grew up uh, being a Ranger fan from 1962. Wow. So my dad has been a Ranger fan since he was six years old and just loved the Rangers. Um my mom's side of the family doesn't watch hockey, doesn't know anything about hockey. So my dad was the one who got her into hockey, and then it trickled on down to me, and I was never allowed to be a Devil fan or an Islander fan. <laughs> it was, we, we are a Ranger household. And then, like, for me, see, I'm, I'm a little interesting because I like the Mets and the Yankees. I, I don't I, – I was born a Mets fan, it's but flip I flip don't flopper. discriminate. I'm not a <laughs> uh, I, I don't hate the Yankees. But I can't stand the Giants. I can't stand Giants fans. I'm a diehard Jet fan. I will be the whole day I die. And Chris always makes fun of me because, yeah, get this. A guy from Brooklyn is a New England Patriots fan. Which is almost as egregious to me as a guy from Brooklyn Brooklyn, who's a Dallas Cowboy fan. It's just something, Ah. uh, you know. Your family is from Brooklyn, so that counts.
0: All right, all right. But, no, it's it's family. I mean, my my father growing up. He, his brother had season tickets to the Rangers kind of uh-huh. same time period as, as Nick. Nick. Um, yeah. He's, he, my father played with Nick Fatio. Uh, oh, who, wow. who was a, was a it was a Ranger. Um, so, I mean, all the guys that he hung around with from juniors and, and everything. So it, yeah, I would say most of it, it's, it's family. And fortunately, yeah. you know, we, we were on the, the, the blue shirt side of it and um, yeah. So I, I guess that's the, the best way to, to describe it.
2: That makes, well, yeah. that makes sense. That totally makes sense. A a kid growing up in an Islander's home would eventually become an Islander's fan. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense.
3: Yeah. I mean, like, it's funny. My my dad, his cousin is a Ranger fan, but his two kids are Devil fans. Ah. ah. Because they grew up in Jersey, and it was when, you know, the Devils are winning cups and everything like that, and it wasn't really fashionable (laughs) to be a Ranger fan at that point. So they became double fans, and their dad is a Ranger fan.
2: Ah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I had to ask because I always I, – I, I, it, it boggles my mind. You guys have so many options. We don't have that up here. All right, so let's
0: let's jump into the Canucks. So, you know, everything that's going on with the team, um, one of the guys that is, is forefront of all the rumors, J.T. Miller. I mean, obviously the tie with, with the Rangers from – from his previous, from breaking into the NHL, you know, then he goes to Tampa and, and, and obviously moves on to Vancouver. What's the the reading that you're getting in the room? Is it, is this an eminent trade? Like he's going, where do you think he's going? Where do you see it fitting? And, and what do you think Vancouver can get out of, out of the trade?
2: it's a great question. And, and you know what? It's funny. I look, JT Miller to the Rangers, when the first rumors started, the Canucks didn't have a GM at the time. It was about two, three weeks yes. ago when Jim Rutherford was the president. Hadn't hired a GM. Well, they got the GM now, Patrick Alvine. I think it was, what, two weeks ago or a week and a half ago? Mm-hmm. Anyways, Patrick's doing his due diligence, catching up, uh, you know, on all the prospects. You know, what, what do we got in Vancouver? He's got two new assistant GMs, uh, the Canucks. So let me, let, me be, let, me, let me tell you that JT Miller will not be cheap. JT Miller is going to cost you a player, prospect, first rounder. Canucks are looking for players in the uh, 20 to 25 age group. Uh, We've heard all the names. You guys got Braden Snyder, good Western Hockey League, good Canadian kid, you know, playing the Brandon, the Wheat Kings. Uh, Vitelli Kravtsov, you know, you guys, uh, his name's popped up. I talked to his agent, Dan Milstein, a few days ago. Uh, Niles Lundquist another you know draft pick these are the names that are popping up It's going if you want JT Miller it's going to cost a lot you look at what Tyler Tafoli got or the Flames uh, paid for Tyler Tafoli out of Montreal today Well, JT Miller is going to get you more than uh, mm-hmm. Tyler Tafoli let me tell you something on Saturday JT Miller played almost one second shot of 26 minutes for the Vancouver Canucks against Toronto think about that He almost played the half the game as a forward. Uh, Seven of the minutes, I think, close to seven was power play time. He's been just unbelievable since he got to Vancouver, a point per guy. I got to tell you, JT Miller has been absolutely uh, unbelievable since he got to Vancouver. I know the history in New York. Uh, Alain Vigneault, he used to put him in the press box, right? Alain (laughs) Vigneault... He used to put JT Miller in the press, uh, press box, fourth line. But all I can say is, is this to you, that Vancouver's got a GM now. The deadline deadline's still five weeks away. I don't see an imminent deal today or tomorrow. I, I see them listening. I, I, I see the Canucks listening to offers on all their players. Uh, but uh, And I see Larry Brooks tweeting out stuff about JT Miller today. it has got all the Canucks fan base fired up, riled up. Uh, But this, I call this Christmas in Canada, the trade deadline. It's Christmas for hockey fans because you get to hear a ton of rumors. Uh, You get to hear this guy's name, that guy's name. I don't think the JT Miller trade is uh, imminent today or tomorrow. But as we get closer to the deadline, uh, the Canucks are listening and uh, it's anybody's guess. Hey, Hey, let me put it to you this way. If you trade JT Miller and he's one of your best players, what message are you sending, right? And they're kind of floating around the playoffs still. They're not out five points out of the wild card, five points out of third place. Every guy in that dressing room wants to make the playoffs, you know, regardless of the fact if the odds are good or not. So I I just think that right now, the Canucks owe it to everyone in that dressing room to give the the playoffs uh, the best kick of the can they can. There you go. Yeah,
0: no, I,
3: I, I wish you on I that. Definitely, yeah, I definitely agree with that because I, I think it's one of those things where, like you said, what kind of message does that send? And, like, that's almost, you know, what kind of culture are you trying to build? And, and something like that could really demoralize a unit. And I, I look at J.K. Nutter. First of all, I am so thrilled for J.K., honestly, seeing you know what he's become in Vancouver because this is the type of player that I think so many Ranger fans, myself included, Right. that he would become in New York, and I don't think he ever really got that opportunity. And I mean, he had maturity issues in New York, and he needed, I think this was one of those things where he needed time to go away and grow, and yeah. really mature as, as a person, not only on the ice, but off the ice. Right. So, I think Vancouver's been kind of an ideal destination for him, because he's, got, he's gotten quality minutes, and he's gotten to, you know, grow outside of, outside of the microscope that is New York. And I right. mean, being in New York City, and look, compared to Vancouver, because I, I know being in Canada, the, the microscope, especially for hockey, is right on you. But being, you know, a first-round draft pick in New York City with all the expectations around the New York Rangers all the time, the, yeah. it, it, it's definitely not the ideal environment to try and develop. Yeah. So I I'm oh, we're really that thrilled
2: now. him. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean exactly. Like you're seeing it now with Coco and Alexa Offering. Yeah, like it so I, I am really I'm really thrilled to see what JC Mills developed into. I looked at him and I wonder this because I and I thought about this for a while and you can tell me if I'm just crazy for thinking this way. Right. If Vancouver does move him with a year and a half left on his current deal, are they doing it because their prospect pool isn't exactly top notch and they're looking to kind of reload there. And right. also they they're try they don't think that JT will re-sign next summer if they ha- if he has the opportunity. So they want to try and rebuild that prospect pool a little bit and also keep players here who want to be here.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I and I gotta tell you something else. You guys had JT Miller there you drafted him 15th overall in 211 you know what he's about like I mean I I I gotta tell you something about JT Miller he's the type of guy in the playoff series that can win you a game seven he cares he hates to lose uh you know like and his contract's up in a year and a half guys his new deal at the rate he's going, he's, he's going to get some good money on his new deal. He's going to get, oh, for you sure. know, he's put himself in a position to do really well. He, his numbers at Vancouver have been tremendous. Uh, you know, he, he's kind of a lightning rod for the Canuck fans. Sometimes, you know, body language and, you know, people get pissed off or whatever, but by the same token, like I, he, he cares, he hates to lose. That's a great quality to have. Especially in the playoffs, I think you win with guys like JT Miller. You win with guys. He's the type of guy that can put your uh, put a team on his back and, and get through a playoff route for sure. I mean, there's a lot to like about this guy. Oh yeah, oh, yeah for sure. I, yeah,
3: I personally love his versatility that he can either play wing or he can play center. And like right now with the Rangers, part of the reason why I would love a reunion with JT is because the Rangers have this top six right wing issue. And you know Cocco's development—he's pretty much our only right winger, our only legitimate right wing. Because Brian Hunt is not a top six winger. You know, I but I'm tired of seeing Greg McKeag in a Ranger jersey. They need a boost here, and it looks like the bridges—the bridges burned with Vitaly Krasnov and Chris Drury Yeah. So JC can slot in on um, the second line right wing with Stroman Panarin, and then if Ryan Strome doesn't resign this summer. Well, then you just move him right over to the center, and then you know you have to go out and, again, find another right wing. But at least he offers you that versatility of he can play on your right wing now, and then if you lose your your second-line center, oh, that's okay. You just slide him right over, and he's more than comfortable there.
2: Yeah. There's another player, uh, guys, that his name popped up uh, over the weekend, Pavel Zaka with the Devils. What can you guys uh, tell me about him? I mean, the Canucks. are apparently, uh, he's on uh, their radar. They're showing interest. What, what's the deal with this guy?
3: I've never been overly thrilled with Raka. I always thought that he would be more, especially coming out of his draft year. If I remember correctly, he was—I want to say—he was a top ten pick his draft year because he he came out very highly touted. And I remember, I remember when the Devils drafted him. I was extremely upset because I thought this was the right. type of guy you could really build. Your, your, your team around and he hasn't developed that way and I know with, with New Jersey now they have a couple centers now in front of them with Jack right and, and, uh, and with, with Heisher too so it's one of those things where I just wonder is he a guy who just needs a change of scenery again yeah and I that's mean, it this is, this is a guy who, who did play for the Sanias thing too um, in, in, in juniors but, like, I think he has a lot of skill. I think he has a lot of high, like, top end ability. I just think he needs that environment. I think, honestly, a coach like Bruce Brujo would do wonders for him offensively.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so his name popped up. Elliot Friedman dropped that name on Hockey Night Canada on the weekend. Did. So everybody's trying to figure out, uh, you know, who he is with the Devils and, and, and yeah. how he'd be a fit. A lot of, a lot of rumors. A lot of names out there, guys. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you guys are in uh, one hell of a tough conference. Like, I don't know who the hell's coming out of the East. All I know is that in the first round of the NHL playoffs of the Eastern Conference, four very good teams are going to be out.
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you just look at it now. Pittsburgh, the way Pittsburgh turned their season around. I Yeah. I I I was I would never go against Sid or, or Malkin just because how great they are. They're Hall of Famers. Everybody knows how great they are. I didn't see Pittsburgh playing this well, especially with Tristan Jari in that and after what he showed last year in the playoffs. I did not think that this was going to be possible. I, I give all the respect in the world to Mike Sullivan because he's got those guys playing at an extremely high level.
2: Right, right. I, I just think. Uh... The the Eastern Conference. When I look at the top five, six, seven, eight teams, my goodness, like it's yeah. not. It's uh, the, the West is not as good as the East. Although the Avalanche have been on fire, they're I think they're thirty three and three in their last thirty six. So, but the Eastern Conference is just stacked, stacked.
0: Yeah, it's going to be. Mean, I mean, the, the playoffs are going to be a buzzsaw. saw. I mean, you're going to see. You know, right now depending on how things shape up. I mean, the Atlantic division itself, their first round matchups are, are going to be, I mean, Tampa, Toronto, that that's, that's a highlight real series just waiting to happen. Um, you know, Florida doing what they're doing. They look like they're, they're right there to take the jump. And then like Nixon, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, everybody wants to count Pittsburgh out, but you really can't because they always just seem to find a way to, to, to get there. And the way they're playing is, has been, you know, nothing short of, of admirable. Um, to kind of piggyback on what you mentioned earlier about JT Miller, you know, is it possible that the Vancouver Canucks could just look at this and say, you know what, we're right. You know, the Western Conference isn't as as slammed shut. You know, there's there's still wiggle room to get into the playoffs. There's still the ability to possibly make some noise. You know, two guys that are constant, like we, we've been talking about JT Miller, but now another one also, Connor Garland. Who has yeah. been one of the one of the top producers for the team? You know, do they just say, you know what, we're within we're within that striking distance as they close in on the deadline, and they say, you know, we can't make these moves. How could we justify making these moves right now unless the barn doors are blown off of them and they oh. roll with it and try to make a run here?
2: And you haven't mentioned uh, Brock Bester, who's got a right. you know, qualifying yeah. contract offer at seven point five million. Um, yeah, there's another player, in Vancouver. That I think somebody said was on the Rangers' uh, radar was Luke Shen, the defenseman who's having, you know, a, a pretty good season here in Vancouver. Yep. And, and he constantly leads the Canucks and hits per game. He had seven on Saturday. Uh, I think a week ago he had a, a team high, tied a franchise record, which he set in two nineteen. Luke Shen hits. He's versatile. He, I mean, he, I mean, this is a that's a guy that is drawing a lot of interest as well. So there are guys in Vancouver that uh, are drawing interest around the league. And but here's the problem in Vancouver, guys: until the team knows they're out of the playoffs, why would you move any of these guys and destroy the morale of the dressing room? Oh yeah, yeah. And no, that's that's
0: yeah. the thing I wonder: is how do you do that? And then what's that? What message are you sending not only to to your fans but your organization and your, yeah. and your the players that are still there?
3: If you do that, what does it say to Patrick Demko, who's literally dragging this team, a la almost a Henrik Lundqvist style, dragging this team, kicking and screaming to to be relevant? Because I I watched the game Saturday against Toronto, and that third period, and I know Toronto was good, and Toronto's a very good team offensively. They're dynamite. But Vancouver couldn't get the puck out of it. They played a 20-minute penalty kill. They could not get that puck out of their zone. I I hadn't seen something like that since Elaine Venia was Rangers head coach and the Rangers would have a you know a three-two lead going into the third period. That was what it reminded me of. It was absolutely insane. And Demko, and I love this for fantasy reasons, because I'm a Thatcher Demko fantasy owner. Oh absolutely <laughs> stonewall believe It was I mean, he is putting together one of the best seasons I've seen in recent memory, and nobody's talking about it.
2: Thatcher Demko is, is uh, right now, for me, top five goalie in the National Hockey League. He is just, like, what he did Saturday, 51 saves. Only two Canuck goalies have ever had over 50 saves in franchise history. It was Demko and it was the Roberto Luongo. Can you believe that? You guys have a you guys have a damn good goalie too. I've seen him do stuff like
3: that this year. You know, yeah. I mean that like for me, if I had a vote for the best of them, my three finals right now would be Shetterkin, Demcro, and probably Ucicharos. Like I, I really love what the juice has done in, in national, but I mean. Demko to me the only the only reason why I don't think enough people are talking about him is probably because the wins aren't where they you know by his numbers and by his play the wins aren't exactly reflecting that. But again, I look at it in a baseball sense where Jacob Degrom won the Cy Young being 13 and 13, and it was just one of those things where you can't fault him for the wins because the guy is doing his part. He's doing literally everything possible. But you got to help them out at the end of the day. Oh,
2: yeah, big time, big time. I, I got a question for you, too, because I, I am looking far um, at the Rangers because I yeah, growing up, I, I was a, – a, 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 don't tell anyone this. Uh, you know, after the Canucks, I, you know, the Rangers. I, I remember the 79 Stanley Cup final. I don't know if you remember it. It was Montreal, the Rangers, John Davidson, Annette, Ron Duguay, yep. uh, all those guys. It was such a good team. It was so much fun and uh, Davidson was good. Uh, but if you had uh, a Capo Caco and Lafreniere, if they were difference makers right now, imagine where the Rangers would
3: be. Yeah, I, I think that's something that a lot of Rangers fans get a little bit frustrated, especially with Caco, more so than Lafreniere, is that I think they look at, you know, third season, but I don't think a lot of people take into account that this is going to be his first legitimate NHL season. Yeah. The other two, both COVID-affected, and then with David Qu- I am not a David Quinn guy. Chris is not a David Quinn guy. I, we, we, nope. <laughs> I, 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 David Quinn tried to say a lot of the right things, but he always came across as somebody who, who just – he'll talk the talk, but he can't actually walk it. Yeah, so it's one of those where he says all the right things that you want to hear, but there's never any follow through you know, that the Rangers are going to be a tough team to play against. Well, under him, we weren't a tough team to play against, right? It, it was, there, there was a, like, right now with Gerard Gallant, Gallant doesn't have to say it because the results on ice speak for themselves. So, it, it's one of those things where I think Costco was affected because he was playing thirty fourth line minutes. And yeah. Ryan Spooner even came out and said after the fact, David Quinn tried to have everybody play the same style yeah. and Paco is one of those guys where he needs to be creative he needs to you know hold the puck not dump and Chase and play that typical North American style so I think a lot of stuff with Paco and Lafreniere is, they're not they haven't been allowed really to be themselves yet yeah and I think with Paco more so than Lafreniere there's definitely a confidence issue with him right now Boy.
2: Those are two high draft picks. If they ever become difference makers, watch out. Watch out. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, and I think, you know, a big a big thing, just to, to kind of wrap up
0: here, but to to me, you know, a big thing. The Rangers are always – It's it seems we're always linked to every trade rumor. Every rumor, every player that's available, they're going to the Rangers. Everybody always yeah. is like, where are they fitting in on the Rangers? But I think yeah. it's even more amplified this season because, like, we're just talking about. You know, Drury and the Rangers front office put a lot on the shoulders of Lafreniere and Kako, and you yeah. haven't really seen it fully yet. You haven't seen the dividends return just yet. You see glimpses of it, but you're not getting it 100. percent And like you said, if they if they click, I mean, this team is this team is dangerous. I mean, they're dangerous without them. I mean, you just imagine how much more they'll be if these guys are running on all cylinders. It's it's it'd be crazy to think so. No. Um, it- uh,
2: boy, oh boy! If those two get it together, watch out! Watch out! And don't uh, and before I go. Uh, don't forget my boy Matt Barzell with the Islanders. He's uh, he's from here. He's a Vancouver guy. Uh, he's uh, I watched him play hockey in minor hockey. Boy, what a what a talent he is! I they need like to get somebody him. alongside him. You guys are gonna put me in the belly box for mentioning Barzell on a Ranger show. I should be in the box. It's like, hey, we can't close with that now. (laughs) All right, Rick, we appreciate you guys. You're gonna suspend me. You're gonna suspend me.
0: (laughs) So, again, Rick, thank you. Thank you so much for taking some time with us tonight. We really appreciate it.
2: I just love it. I gotta say it again. I just think the Rangers fan base, So look at you guys. You guys have been doing this podcast for 10 years, for crying out loud. I, I feel the passion uh, coming out of both of you. I know the fan base is tremendous there in New York. It's just a, uh, one, one of the best sports towns, uh, cities in the world. I think we all know that. And uh, it was just a pleasure uh, for me to come on with both of you guys. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you appreciate so much. It.
3: Appreciate it. Thank
2: you. Take care, guys.
3: You all too. Right. Thank you.
0: All right, so there he was, Rick Dollywall from Donnie and Dolly, the team. A phenomenal interview. You know, a big thanks to Rick for joining us and taking some time out of his busy day. And what better than to hear from one of the main sources and all the rumors and everything that are flying with Vancouver and obviously the link to JT Miller and the Rangers than, than Rick. So we, again, you know, we're thrilled that he came on and, and spent some time with us and uh, kind of but it threw us with some, some audio issues on, on the other side of the house, but we got through and uh, hope you really enjoyed the interview. Now let's take it away with the rest of the podcast here. We've, we've sat idly by as the Caps have played games, the Hurricanes have played games, the Penguins have played games and don't seem to be losing right now. Um, and the Rangers are sitting right now in third. No surprise. He kind of figured there would be a little bit of a fallback when you've got everybody else catching up outside of the Washington capitals who are in trouble right now, I'll, I'll be one to say it. The caps are in trouble.
1: The Washington capitals right now are big Tom Petty fans.
0: They are, they apparently want Marc-Andre Fleury multiple times. And he has multiple times said no. Um, I mean, Hey, but it's, it's Washington's interesting. They're kind of falling back to where we thought, you know, this was, We had Jake Han on, not to name drop a lot of people, but we had Jake on.
1: We, we, you, me, and Jake agreed that this might be the year where the Caps take a step back. Yeah.
0: And and you're starting to kind of see that. I mean, look, they've got injuries, they've got injury problems galore.
1: And, you know, know, and they're taking a step back in spite of Ovi putting together maybe his greatest all around season ever.
0: Yeah. But the problem is when you look at the team, um, you you've got you know you've got Ovi and Kuznetsov, um, you know Backstrom has only played in 17 games for them. He's almost a point per game producer when he's played, but he's been out. You know, no, TJ Washington, Oshi.
1: Washington's issues in that.
0: And well, you know, but a, a big part of it is is their injuries. Uh, I, I mean, there's really no other no other way to say it. So. So we've we've gotten to sit idly by as all these teams are going, all these rumor mills are flying, and you know the Rangers are linked to everybody. You know the Rangers are are, are, they're, linked are to ben
1: yeah. Chirot, Miller. they're linked to Ben Charrat, JT Miller. Linked to
0: Ben Charrat, JT Miller. You know Jacob Chikrin. That story has kind of, I feel like, has kind of fizzed out and died out. Mark Giordano with Seattle um, has has kind of been like, all right,
1: they were you know, even. That's, I even saw them mentioned on the periphery of the Tyler Toffoli discussions. Nothing yeah. serious. It was, it, Elliot Freeman had noted it was always between L.A. and Calgary for, for Toffoli, but he had noted that the Rangers checked around there. Which, I mean, look, any GM worth
0: his salt or worth their yeah. salt is checking in you think if the Rangers had the opportunity to add Tyler Toffoli and it fit and it made sense that they wouldn't do it?
1: No. I mean, mean, come on. You know, for a team that is right-wing challenged right now, Tyler Toffoli slides right in, and, you know, you can play him on that top line with Kreider and Zibanejad.
0: But the interesting thing that that did come up, and, and, you know, we talked about the Tyler Toffoli trade with Rick. He he talked about, you know, kind of, I'll I'll say the barometer. I know we didn't use that word, but the barometer and and maybe the parameters being set. And then there were a couple of names that came up on the Rangers side of the house that I I know right now, I think one of them is a no-fly zone at all. And I know everybody probably would love to get their hands on him because I think his stock is skyrocketing, and that's Braden Schneider. Um, Yeah. I I mean, I, I don't think there's a team that wouldn't say we want Braden Schneider and at that I, point, I you got to sit there and you got to say, uh, "You know what? Galat is completely open to Jones and Schneider being the third pair." Um, I don't know if you saw that quote.
1: I did earlier. not. I, did, I believe that, it was
0: today or yesterday. But, if he um, actually said
1: that, that makes my heart sing because that's the pair I want. That's the pair I've been calling.
0: He was. For. He was calling. I, I want to say it was Vince Vince Mercagliano that uh, that. That dropped that little. That dropped that little quote. Um but you know, look the the trade rumors and everything. You know, it's it's just it's the season. It's the time of the year. You know, well, the Rangers Rick's have to a make
1: moves. Rick said it best. This is like Christmas time for for hockey fans.
0: Yeah, and and the Rangers. You know, look, we, we've talked about we've talked about this before. We, we you know we we, we kind of closed out with it. Look, you know, Kaka is sidelined for at least a month now. He's down again with, with injury. Um, He hasn't been, you know, he hasn't been producing to what I think the Rangers needed him to right, right or wrong. You know, Lafreniere has had his glimpses. Now I think he should hopefully the, the, uh, the responsibility and the, the ability to play in the top six is now amplified more. Um, But going into the season, Drury put a ton of weight on those guys, and especially right wing. And then you have the whole Kratzoff debacle. You know how it all went down. We don't have to rehash all of that. You you have the Butch trade, which you're always going to circle back to right now, because where's the hole? Where are the holes for the Rangers? Right now, the hole, the biggest one, is top six winger. It's a top six winger. And it's figuring out that third line. But I think if you can address that answer on the top six, and you already know that Filipito's not your center. We've talked about this at Nausial. Filipito's not your center. You got Barkley Goodreau or Morgan Barron. That's your center. And then you can kind of set things in motion a little bit better there. But whatever combination that they've tried to like plug and play in there so far with with the kids and and all of that, outside of – Baron and Goodrow, who I think have looked really well together, um, it, it really hasn't worked. It hasn't had a sustainable impact uh, on the roster. Um, so, you know, right now, right now, it's it's the the, the lineups in practice were on the third line: Hunt, Heedle, and Gauthier.
1: Woo! I I, I can live without I can live without Julian Gauthier.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of done with the whole experience, ex, experiment, experiment, the kid's got incredible speed, incredible, he, he could drive to the net, but it's, it's like, you might as well not even have, you might as well not even have a stick in your hands. You might as well have no hands, because you don't do anything with them. I mean, he had actually, I should, I should refer to that he had a mind boggling. I thought I was dreaming what was it, the last Ranger game that was ages ago where he actually
1: finished? And we were sitting there going, what the? Julian, what?
0: What happened?
1: Yeah, Julian Gauthier has, he's literally become a poor man's Chris Kreider and like the the Mm -hmm. Kreider that couldn't finish.
0: And, And the problem there is right now, you have to, because of Kako being out, And because you don't have that answer at the top six right wing, you have to have Goodrow there where he he should be your third line center. Heedle should either be on the wing or they're using him in whatever trade to upgrade that right wing spot. And you you have, you know, ideally you would have Kako back in the fold or you you have Barron up in, in the roster. And then your fourth line is Rooney, Hunt, and Reeves. I'm I'm totally on board with that. I'm flying high with that fourth line. And then you've got a top six. I mean, you know, again, you look at it. You add If you could have added Tyler Toffoli to that top six, that answers a lot of problems. If you could add any of the big names or the names that are out there, you know, the Pavelskis of the world, you
1: know guys of that nature wait, wait, i'm i'm starting to wonder with the way dallas is kind of getting their game back a little bit i do i do wonder now what becomes of pavelski does dallas sit there and go okay do we trade him or do we you know you know and we brought it up with rick how can you make a move when your team is in the playoff hunt and has a legitimate shot of making the playoffs, whether or not you're you're a cup contender, how can you how can you sit there and tell your team, all right, we're we're gonna start stripping this down because you know we we oh, need right. to strip no, it right. down.
0: It's a fair it's a fair question, and it's a fair thing because how can you? I, I mean the one thing for me with Dallas is Dallas has been up and down. I mean, they've had their streaks where they look like one of the best teams in the NHL, and then they go on these stretches. I mean, they're horrific away from away from home ice. Um, yeah, they're seven and three in their last 10. I, I don't put a whole lot of stock into it because we've seen where they've been again, they've been one of the more dominant teams, and then we've seen where they've just been
1: garbage. Um, I, I'm not really sitting here going, the whole, I'm all high on it. And the whole Riley Smith to the Rangers train that I, uh, you know, well, that, that gets, I was a big believer now. For that, this season,
0: but it's only dead for this season, though.
1: And yeah, that's but, where everybody uh, – you
0: know, a lot of people say, oh, it's dead, it's never going to happen. No, the, the, listen, you can only circumvent and play the cap as much as you can. And I love the quote from Kelly McCrimmon. I mean, Kelly McCrimmon, he, Mark Stone is going to be out as long as it takes, a.k.a. playoffs, because as long as it takes for the cap to
1: go to zero,
0: we're going to hold out Mark Stone. <laughs> I mean, look. I know he's been. I, know, I think it's a little different because you know, Mark Stone's had a nagging back injury. You know very well yourself firsthand. We, we know backs. They're. It's like concussions. You, you never. It's. It's one of those things where it's. You know, you don't have a timetable necessarily. Oh, it's,
1: a, it's not. It's not even that. It's once you have. Once you have a bad back, you always have a bad back. It never gets better. Yeah, and it's you know. So there's you know there's the issues that play there. But, um, his, but it's his, just like, and we're not we're not downplaying that his injury isn't real. His injury is hundred percent real. I believe that. But I also believe that, you know, it could have hold come, him out a little longer. It, it could have out come out caution in an time.
0: abundance in an abundance For, of caution.
1: Yeah, I mean, Eichel's going to play
0: on Wednesday. Yeah, Eichel's playing on Wednesday. You're telling me it's February. Season isn't ending until practically, what, May this year?
1: And
0: yeah, yeah. you're going to basically say, well, Stone's going to be out until the end. I mean, you basically say Stone's on the shelf for the rest of the season. He's on the shelf. Um. So, but just because of that scenario right now doesn't mean that Vegas is in the clear and they're like, hey, we got nothing to worry about. No, they got nothing to worry about right now. But much like Tampa had to figure things out. And, I mean, they got some help along the way. Vegas is going to have to figure it out. And Vegas, honestly, between you and I, or between this podcast, Vegas is in a bit of a tougher spot because it's not – there's really not an easy – there's not an easy decision to make here. And it's not like they've got this pipeline that's just pumping out talent on the back end because they practically traded all of it.
1: Yeah, the the Knights have pretty much gone the route of the Los Angeles Rams, of we're just gonna get all the big names and the Rams, you know, if you follow football, it it paid off in a Super Bowl win. But you know, how many times can you just disregard first round picks for you know young players and and just saying the hell with it and it works out? It does the NHL is different from many other sports that way. You can't just obliterate your pipeline and, and not worry about it. And I think Vegas is going to find that out real quick. I mean, look, it's great that they wanted to win a cup within the first five in the within the first five years, and if they do, they're going to say, "Look, we don't care what it costs us because we have a ring." But if they don't, boy, oh boy, that team's going to be miserable for the foreseeable future
0: yeah i mean you know fo- football and first of all just to kind of piggyback off of that awesome for matt stafford awesome for matt stafford and i know we got a lot of giants fans that listen to this podcast odell beckham you had to feel for the guy he looked like he was ready to ball going into going in and he was
1: yeah he Two was catches 52 thing. yards of a touchdown I mean, well, he was gunning. Good.
0: And people, were, you know, you had the bets, the betting odds going in on all the different apps and people. Odell Beckham was being thrown into every kind of parlay and everything you could imagine. And then for that to happen, and then, you know, for Ellie for to sputter, the game was weird to me. I, I don't know. This Super Bowl, it really didn't cook until the end. And yeah, then was, it, it became an awesome game, The the, the, the ending that, of it.
1: The only thing that irritated me about the Rams winning was that I did not think that Sean McVay deserved to win the way he coached. I did not like the way he coached that game. Yeah, it was it was weird,
0: you know. And I I actually texted you and I was like, "All right, like what is it?" Because I mean, they were just getting stopped left and right, and you know, Stafford gets hurt, and and it, you know, you saw that, and I knew right away. You know, going back to I think what was this, his rookie season where he. Did he separate his shoulder or break his collarbone? Oh, the, the, the
1: play against the Browns. And then he came back in and threw the winner, the game-winning well, touchdown no, he or never, something? He never, he never even left the game. He got hit the very next play. He completed the pass. They went down. He got hit. He really got hurt. He jacked up his arm. I yeah, don't remember if yep. he separated his shoulder. Yeah. The very next play, he threw a touchdown pass to win the game.
0: Yeah. So it was just awesome to see. Look, I think the Bengals, Joe Burrows, you're you're in, you're in good hands. Uh, you ain't got to worry. You know, sucks that, you know, what, 33 years they've been waiting. You know, they haven't had a chance to get there. Matt Stafford has literally been living in mediocrity of Detroit. And to see sure them no. get a chance.
1: Worse than mediocrity.
0: Yeah. I mean, just, you know, I, I'm just happy for Matt Stafford that Detroit didn't get to waste another career. How about that? Yeah. They wasted Megatron.
1: Barry waste Megatron. Yeah,
0: I mean, the the list goes on and on. They didn't get it. Matt Stafford got it. Um, And then, you know, Odell Beckham on the sideline, balling his eyes out. You know. That's baseball, Susan. (laughs) Oh, God. I don't know. Well, you know, that's the the only baseball talk that's going to happen this year. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much the way it's going. Like
1: I said, give go. me the eight give me eight and a half billion dollars. they're celebrate. not giving you eight and a half billion dollars to well, settle
0: their, their squabbles. They'll give you <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna give you one of those those new hats that had was was that a spoof, by the way. Those new hats that they came out with that had like the hole in it. I don't know. By the Did way, way I, I, gotta those... ask
1: you. I gotta ask you, what was your favorite commercial last night?
0: The, the Arnold Schwarzenegger Electric oh, Avenue. The, the dude, that one
1: was dude, fantastic. Him, him singing Electric Avenue was one of the greatest things ever.
0: And that car was sexy as hell. I I was I, done. I was tired of the electric car commercials by the end of it. I was dude, tired of it.
1: Do I even need to tell you what was my favorite or can you actually guess it?
0: Can I guess what was your favorite? I don't really remember that many of them, to be honest.
1: Just Just knowing me as long as you've known me.
0: Um... Really? I I don't know. Uh, the Sopranos one? Bingo. I see I was wondering if you were going to be annoyed
1: with it? No, I I thoroughly enjoyed. Dude, metal? Metal? Oh, come on. Smoke. Still smoke.
0: Yeah, but I was kind of like I mean, I I kind of like the the Austin Powers one was 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 kind of funny. The Austin but Powers point, one was good too. But at that point I was kind of just like I was kind of done with it because there were so many. Yeah, they you know they it was think- like I think was it last year, like was all the pandemic ones and it was like resilience and all that. I think I can't I don't remember exactly off the top of my head, but like that uh, says the Andy Richter with the Caesar Salad one was like dad joke funny. I like was laughing hysterically at it. it was oh so you know stupid. Which one I
1: also I also enjoyed there were too many crypto commercials too. But I really yeah. enjoyed the Larry David commercial.
0: The Larry David commercial was was really good. The one that I felt like an old man, the one that I thought was really stupid, and just like, and even Ash was like, "This is really bad taste." The liquid death one, which was the water, the it's um, it's oh, canned yeah. it's canned water. But I was like, and it was basically like the kids were having a beer fueled razor, but it was yeah, like they were thought, all drinking water, and I was kind of like, that was, "I it's thought just that was not really like." I just was yeah, like I, I don't think it's funny like that's almost like hey i mean we all we all smoked candy cigarettes as kids but like i don't think like that company would make a commercial in the super bowl of like kids like sitting around smoking candy cigarettes like that they're in a freaking like whatever like i, well, I don't know i just
1: first things first i don't think in 2022 candy cigarettes would still be a thing actually i don't, don't know like, if it thing.
0: if it was like you know um the T-Mobile one was really weird. Did you like Jim Carrey as the cable guy?
1: That one was really good, too. I enjoyed that one. I enjoyed that one. That one evoked yeah. a lot of childhood fondness.
0: Um, the the uh, Ken Jong and Joel McHale arguing over Planters Peanuts, a little throwback to Community. I love that show. that That's where that hit for me. I don't know if you ever watched the show Community.
1: I wasn't a community guy. Now,
0: oh my god, oh boy,
1: oh boy! Oh boy. We're going to rock down Um to you, know she, you know what? You know what? was,
0: was cool. another good one. The the Tommy Lee Jones that was, actually that, was kind of funny. That, that was a, was really a good one. That was a really good one. The one I, that was the, the one that was horrible. And I know we're, I don't. I, I know it's like we're talking about Super Bowl here, but the one that was horrible was the Uber Eats commercial. Except for the fact, apparently, Gwyneth Paltrow likes the way that her own, you know, whatever tastes. Uh. Which I mean, yeah, whatever. But, like, what what was the
1: point of that commercial? Like, Like, what the hell? Why? Why, of all places, did you have to take it there?
0: Well, I mean, that was the... I mean, the it's okay to be lazy. You had to love that one, the Cutwater Spirits commercial.
1: I don't remember that one. There were a lot of like really memorable <laughs> the commercials. There weren't like me. Yeah, it might just be me. I don't think there were a lot of real memorable commercials this year.
0: Well, there were a lot of like throwback ones, like you know Zach Braff and Donald the Faison from Scrubs. Um, doing their T-Mobile commercial, there was you know Matthew McConaughey, who it was basically like watching a thing for Interstellar. I know you probably you, you probably did you did you like the Joe Namath one? <sighs> <laughs> well, or like the, the the one that was really weird and it was really kind of like uh the MetaQuest two, the uh, virtual reality one with the animatronic dogs. From the from the pizza restaurant or whatever, I enjoyed a...
1: the, I enjoyed the one Kia commercial with the elect the the Robo dog.
0: Okay, I mean, I, that... but I was kind of like done with it at that point.
1: So was I. There were, there were way too many electric car commercials that, like <laughs> you you could t- Well, look, I thought there was an overload of of crypto commercials and. Uh, what you want to call it?
0: The coin, the Coinbase commercial that made no sense at all. And yes, I scanned the QR code, and yes, it crashed on me. Uh, of I didn't course. get it to work. Um, I, I, you know, I thought there were some good ones. You know, the Sam Adams Boston Dynamics robot one was kind of odd. Um, Seth Rogen and Paul Rudd with their Lay's potato chips.
1: That, was that a bit one was bad.
0: It was. It was a little bit winded. The uh, the salt and pepper push it fl- flaming th- hot Doritos. That's what I mean. There was a lot of like kind of throwbacks, and then you go into the halftime show, which was you know
1: I can't believe I think- we're actually bef- before we have Rick. On, we're breaking down.
0: I could play this after I edited this, so this goes after that. Oh, okay. I'm not, gonna, uh- I'm not gonna do this before we talk with Rick. I'll leave this part in, but I'm not gonna do this before we talk. To, to, to Rick, that would be ridiculous. I'm not gonna leave Rick's segment to the end of the podcast. I got a little more sense than that. Like, come on.
1: I, I honestly look. Okay, look. I personally, you you know this. I am a die, and for those of you that are listening that don't know this, I am a huge diehard Prince fan. I love Prince. I will forever love his music. His music has gotten me through some of the hardest times in my my life. Um, I will forever love the 2007 Super Bowl halftime show with, with, with Prince. I thought he absolutely killed it. I mean, he even sang Best of You by the Foo Fighters, which was phenomenal. And then the man topped it all off with singing Purple Rain in the rain. In the rain. Like, you can't script it. Better than that, yeah. So look, that, I mean, that for yeah. me will always be the greatest Super Bowl halftime show ever, just from a personal standpoint. This year's phenomenal, absolutely awesome. Brought me back to some of the best times in my life. Like I was jamming to it, like I was, I was, I was feeling it. I mean, Chris, just I'm gonna give you a peek behind the curtain here. Chris never saw the in the club video ever. Yes, I did. Idea stupid. Why, he had no idea why Finny was upside down. No, at first I was like, why the hell is like at
0: first? I was like, oh, wait a minute. And then I said that in the chat, and I knew I said that because I knew it was gonna piss Jay
1: off. Because <laughs> I knew Jay would flip out. Just just look, seeing that. Like, really? Like, why? Like, I was just like, dude, I was like, how are you gonna say that? Like, seriously. But look, get Richard Dyke Tryon was like my workout
0: music during hockey. That whole album. I mean, come on. Like, you I didn't mean, get goosebumps I, when they played freaking when they when Drake and Snoop
1: started. I mean, come on. Oh, dude, I I loved every second of that halftime show. I mean, Kendrick came out. We gonna be all right. We gonna be all right. Like I was, I was, I was in on it. Like you know, trust me, cause like, I, I, I I I I bumped to some Kendrick. Okay. I mean, look, ain't like, dude. I was California love, like I was in, I was, I was all in on California love. I mean, still, still Dre. I mean, dude, what, what a banger! Like, still, you know, still puffing his leaf, still not loving police. It's the Dre. You know, it's just, man, come on. I mean, come on. But yeah, no, it was, you know, it just it took you back. It you know, I you gotta back. tell people I gotta tell people right now that your age is showing that you really need to eat a banana. Like you really need a Dude, banana. It's so
0: bad right now. It's so bad.
1: Like you need something. I potassium. just got the absolute worst. Like, absolute worst.
0: I feel like Joe Burrow laying on the field, grabbing his leg, like, my leg.
1: Also you're the you're the SpongeBob guy. My leg. You're like like, I, I got to tell you guys, Chris just went hopping around this house for about 10 minutes because he had, according to him, a can't move. A I can't move. trolley horse. I can't move. I cannot move from it.
0: Like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Wow. You know, like, usually if you get a trolley horse and you stand up and you straighten out your leg, it goes away because you just, like, kind of lock, you, you unlock everything or you lock it up or whatever.
1: I gotta be honest, I don't really get Charlie horses that much.
0: I don't really get them much, but like this one just hit me like in the back of my quad. Like, just the back quad's just like, just completely seized. And then it was just like, one of them was just like, you could feel it just like cramp, like clamping down. Like, just constantly go like this. And just like, it just wouldn't stop. I need Zeus to shoot some electricity into my 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 legs so i can you know get the power back but no that was the best commercial and then you know this the super bowl but look i be personally i i just there was so much going on last night in that halftime show that it was nuts i just to me you have a guy that could go out there and do it all himself for 13 minutes or however for whatever amount of time that he was out there and just deliver a crushing performance and then to have you know it in the in the rain purple rain in the rain on that stage that was literally like ice it was just insane it was just insane but right, i will say
1: you just brought goosebumps. the 07 show while talking about last night goosebumps did did the Charlie Horse go to your brain? What? Nothing. Like, never mind. You're not funny. Okay. But
0: that's what I that's what I'm saying. Like that show, Prince's Super Bowl show to me is still the greatest of all time.
1: I I don't disagree.
0: Because I, of what I just said, everything I that he disagree. did. I,
1: Look, I, you, you know, I don't disagree. Look, I, I think,
0: and from, I'm not that, I'm not a huge, I'm not like, I mean, I like Prince
1: from Nick from is
0: that Nick is like, you say one word bad to about Rick or about uh, Prince, and I'll yeah. fucking cut your ass.
1: Yeah, no, I'll, I'll that's not me. Yeah, no. like, but I think, look, I, I look at it this way. All Super Bowl halftime shows after that one are all fighting for second place.
2: No, I, think me- sec- I think this
0: was the sec- I think this was the second. I think this was right behind it. I think this was right behind Princess. I, I do. But hey I- The Rangers are gonna get Claude Giroux. Let's just say
1: that.
2: You
1: know. No, I no, I I I'm pretty convinced that Claude Giroux is gonna be a Colorado avalanche. Oh boy.
0: Oh boy. Oh boy! Oh boy! I mean, you know, look, I, I I look at, I mean, look, is it the Rangers? We, we know they got to do something, right? We yeah. we know they got to do something, and whether it's something to bring internal changes, you know, for internal players like a Morgan Barron Etc. you know, Schneider Jones on the third pair, you know, whatever the Rangers aren't going to sit idly by and go into the playoffs sitting there saying we're good because they know they're not.
1: At least they <clears> should, <throat> if they're smart.
0: And, and I don't think when you do what you did in the off season and you make the moves that you did notably uh, and obviously with the front office, you didn't do that to just continue to stockpile talent you did that at the point where you said our window is now we want to go for it the time is now and i have a problem with that look this isn't a team that's five or six players away as some will like to say that's ludicrous they're not five or six players away they're two to three two to three moves one is a big one though because it's top six right winger that's a big move. And then you have to address Strom at your center because you have to retain Strom. So whatever you do on the, the top six winger has to coincide with retaining retaining Ryan Strom. And then you worry about the rest. That's that's going to make it a little bit of a difficult job for,
1: for Chris I mean, Drury. I mean, one way Drury could resolve all of this is by patching the fences with Vitaly Kravtsov. Is he the the answer? He slides into your top six. You know, he he shows you what he can be. And and, you know, look, you drafted you drafted him in the top ten for a reason. So But again,
0: you're asking a lot. Because you're asking him to slide in and be a dynamic impact player immediately.
1: And that's not entirely fair. Look, they drafted him in the top ten for a reason. They obviously I, believe he had that potential to take him that high.
0: They so, drafted like, Leas Anderson
1: higher. Okay. I I I I feel I, I mean uh, I feel a thousand percent confidence in saying this. Vitaly Kravtsov, no matter where he goes, will be a better player than Leas Anderson. I, I don't disagree with that.
0: I, I don't disagree with that at all. But but my point behind it is just because they did that doesn't mean anything.
1: No, nah, it doesn't mean anything. But and to be in honest, the, in the words of Kratsov, John Denver, in, in the words of John Denver, I think it's time to take us home.
0: Well, I'll take you home, but not before country, I say
1: this: country road.
0: It's not like you know. It'd be different if Kratzoff was lighting it up in the KHL and on fire. And then you say, all right, we need to get him back over here. We need to get him in the lineup. And But you're, you're basically taking a guy that really hasn't been doing a whole hell of a lot, six goals in 19 games. And you're asking him to come over to the NHL and have a top six immediate impact. Regardless of what happened between Drury and him, and regardless of him refusing to go to the AHL, and whatnot, whether you agree with it or not. Look, we've said it before. I think he should have just bit the bullet and went. But also, there's a failure on. To me, it's a both both sides. Both sides have. There's a problem there. There's a problem with the front office with the way they managed it. There's a problem with how Kratzoff and his agent. You know, they took their bags and they went home. And it hasn't worked out. It hasn't worked out to to his to his favor. I don't think. And in, in that regard, I think that's where kind of, you know, all the eggs are kind of in the Rangers basket. But even still, if you say, hey, Kratsoff, come on, come on, let's go get back over here. Let's get you in the lineup. You're now going back to Drury has now put all the pressure on the young kids to basically jump this team, not into a just get into the playoffs, but a team that make noise in the playoffs. And that's a big ask. And right now, we've seen right now with Lafreniere and Kako, it hasn't panned out. But again, let me clarify on that. I'm not saying that either one of those players
1: are a bust. That is
0: stupidity to even mention that.
1: They're not a bust. I can't believe you literally just said that they're a bust.
0: I'm going to, if I could smack you through <laughs> this camera, I would. If I could smack you, Zeus Schwarzenegger, give me the power. Just just hit him. Just once, just bam, smack him.
1: Just right upside the head. I, 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 what do I do with you? I, like, does, that, I, does that mean you don't want to go to the devil game with me on March 4th?
0: I, I'm not worried about March 4th, even though it's in two weeks. But I'm not worried about March. It don't feel like it's almost March, I'll tell you that much.
1: All right, Rangers hockey.
0: Tonight, Bruins visit the Garden. Marchand, less Bruins. The Rangers games get back underway. It's a it's a mad dash from here on out, baby. There's a lot of hockey to be played through the rest of the season. Enjoy so this little break. The Rangers enjoy it because
1: I think I don't the think... next I think the next longest break that the Rangers have is three days off between games. After uh, yeah, this, I was going to say I don't think it's a full on sprint. I mean, they've
0: got they've got the twenty first, twenty second, twenty third of this month. So next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off. They don't have. They only have the twenty third and twenty fourth as back to back nights off in March. In April, they only have one, two, three, four, five. They only have three times where they have two days back to back off. So not a lot, not a lot of off off nights. So it's put up or shut up time right now for the Rangers. I mean, this is the time. The games are getting tighter. The competition is going to get tougher. The schedules are going to tighten up as far as, you know, games played. You know, who has games remaining? Who has games in hand? Uh, so you're getting a little bit of of standings correction now. It's going to get – this is this is the time. And this is where you're going to see what this team is all about. And this is where you're going to see for the next five weeks, like we talked about with Rick. You know, there's, there's about five weeks – So from the trade deadline, a lot can happen between those five weeks and we'll see how things kind of play out and we'll catch you guys on the next one.